Yes. Relax. Enter the bodega in your mind. The door is heavy. Push it open. A tiny bell rings. The smells are many. Take them in. Inhale. What is that? Yes. Day-old baked goods. Is that a hot dog? I don't see hot dogs, but at some point, a hot dog was here. And corn chips, stale tobacco, linoleum, recently cleaned with a cheaper pine salt alternative. Oh, sometimes I really miss my first wife. But if pine trees really smelled like that, no one would go to the forest ever. Now, find what you're looking for. Is it to the right, under the toilet paper they keep on a high shelf so you always have to get help in getting it down? Or is it there to the left, in the case with the heavy plastic sheets covering it, as if a car wash could break out at any second? Yes, there it is. Push aside the plastic. No, the other strip. Well, that still didn't do it. There we go. You're in. Take the object in your hands. Look at it. Is that the string cheese you were looking for? No? Well, put it back. Get the other cheese. You possess the cheese you've been looking for. Now complete your transaction. Hand the man your cheese. Or, if you prefer, set the cheese on the counter. It's safe because it's wrapped. The man will be with you when he's done with his phone call. Sounds like a long one. This could be a while. Look outside, then look back at him. Watch as he cradles the phone and respond with a smile when he says, Hi, how are you? Oh, no, is this a chip reader or just a swipe? <laughs> just a swipe. You like swiping. Enjoy the happiness that comes with knowing what to do. Now, leave. You don't need a receipt. Enjoy your cheese while I open the heavy metal door that leads into the greatest bodega of all, the Deep Night. Deep Night, Deep Night, Hello, a little bodega-guided meditation to set your mind and spirit into lock mode in preparation for another journey to the deep night. I'm Dare Seaver, and I'm so pleased to be with you, ringing up your order for another hour of regrets and revelations and rising stars. We come to you tonight, as we always do, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. We have such a solid show for you today. Maybe it's these new Chinese herbs I'm taking to enhance my heat wind lung chi. It turns out I was deficient in my heat wind. <laughs> That's not what my close associates would tell you. All this time, I didn't realize it. But now I take these things in pill form three times a day, uh, and I am feeling full of wind, folks. <laughs> I feel it all around me. Behind me, off to the side, kind of from above. I'm especially glad that I had the chance to sit down with Chicago comedy superstar and soon to be all over, I imagine, Sarah Sherman. Sarah's a terrific stand-up and one that seamlessly melds her own story with some pretty important points about society and how we function in it. I'm saying we can do better. Can't we? She's the host of Helltrap Nightmare, a kind of demented variety show that happens in Chicago with bands and costumes and videos. There's lots of oozing, many holes represented there. She's been named Best Stand-Up by fans in the Chicago Reader, and she was on a mini-tour, mini-tour of sorts with a friend of the program, Mitra Jahari, and comedian Jamie Loftus, and I was able to see the show. Huh? How about that? <laughs> because I bought tickets to go and see it at Union Hall. And it was a knockout. Great bits, powerful observations. That's what you need. 
in a show, really. And I also learned a lot about our bodies, so that was a bonus. She's, uh, in addition to everything that she does, she is a gifted visual artist, and the visuals are a big part of her work. Now, the posters themselves are amazing, and they grow out of a tradition in Chicago that goes pretty far back, and we talk about that among many other things, so let's get to it. Your mind is ready. Your holes are open. Let's press on ever further into the deep night for my conversation with Sarah Sherman. Sarah Squirm, a.k.a. Sarah Sherman. How are you? So good. How are you? I'm doing okay. Thank you for wearing your dazzling outfit from uh, the other night. I yes. saw you perform. Yes. And uh, it's this. are you living in it? I'm living in my Godspell clown suit is what I'm living it's, uh, in. It's primary colors, stripes. Full denim. Full denim. Jacket and pants. I've been sleeping in it in a ball. <laughs> For two days, and I don't plan on changing for a week. I wouldn't. No. I mean, no. You need, once you're in it, you got to stay in it. Yeah, and denim is like, it's like the working man's material. It's a second skin for a lot of it's people, is second isn't it? skin. Yeah. I'm basically a farmer. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the 49ers out there in San Francisco. Exactly. They love the denim. Exactly. Yeah, yeah and you're kind of looking for gold out here. I'm looking for gold. <laughs> I'm getting pennies at uh, bar shows and basements in uh, Bushwick. Oh, so, oh, yeah, see, gold. I will go out there. But God bless you. Thank for you doing so it. much. I'm a hero. I'm a saint. <laughs> You're in from Chicago. I'm in from Chicago. On doing this tour that yes. I saw last night. I saw at least, uh, I think that is what you've been doing. Yes. As you go across, march across the uh, half quarter. Half of the country. Quarter, yeah. Half of the country. <laughs> quarter. Uh, from Chicago, but uh, where you live. Mm-hmm. And, uh, now, but you are from New York. Mm-hmm. And doing watching the show last night, I learned a lot about you. I really put it all out there. I say Jew, Jew, Jew 400 times. And then I talk about my pubes for 50 minutes. And then that's, that's a good it. stretch. Yep. Just, yeah. Yep. A lot of done. hair removal techniques I wasn't aware of. Yes. And you that is one performance. Little P, I'm sorry. I called it a performance piece. Oh, God. I mean, it's one. They're all like that. So, yeah. you know, you've seen one. You've seen them all. Oh, well, that's good to know. <laughs> but uh, you grew up in Long Island, and yes. uh, but when you come back here and you're here for a little bit of an extended stay, and my gosh, you're doing all the best shows uh, mm. in New York, so that's wonderful. You got a good calendar lined up, mm. and uh, you're going to be back in April to do the full, a full production of something, which maybe we'll talk about in a second. But when when you were growing up, mm-hmm. did you come into the city often? Were you and a bunch of ne'er do wells coming in on a bus? You know, yeah, that was the Long Island thing. Is you take the L I R R into Manhattan and with your fake ID and you do sake bombs at Sushi Samba. If a cop listens to this, they're gonna shut down Sushi Samba in Manhattan. I don't know where that. It's like it was like the only like bar that would serve like underage kit. Like they knew we were like. Seventeen, and then we would right. take the three nineteen uh, train back to Long Island, and our parents would never know this mythical place. This, this mythical place. What's it called? Sushi. What? Sushi Samba. Sushi I don't Samba. actually. Re- I don't know if it exists anymore, but it's like so- it was near Penn Station, and there was like oh, a back room where they would listen. let kids drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's ideal, isn't mm. it? Any sushi near Penn Station is a good, a good. Oh good yeah, choice. it's warm. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I love warm really sushi good. near Penn Station. <laughs> it's really good. Um, and I would imagine when you come back, you got to like scope out butcher shops 
or like uh, fish places. Yes. Thing for you for the show. Yes. Yeah. Sources. And you things. know. Yes. You know what? A lot of a lot of my stuff. I I. I'm very controlled with my meat and my fish, yeah. <laughs> and it only happens within the the realm of the video. So, oh, okay. If All anyone right. ever gets squeamish, just know you'll never smell anything; you'll only see it. This is a big relief to me. Yes, because uh, that is one of my worries uh, in thinking about it. Yeah, per- yes. performance smell, performance food. I have an aversion to. I am a gross person and performer i'll do everything to myself i'll cover myself in raw meat but i would never subject an audience to to the discomfort of that because i am actually psychotically type a and i don't want to make a mess and um you know everyone's supposed to be laughing not feeling well they should be feeling sick but you know (laughs) that's for a different reason that's for the uh, social ills we should be yeah, uh, uh, preventing us. against. Well, I'm glad because last night there was a little bit of a toss out. Not from, from your toss act. out. There was a little bit of a toss with a spoon. There was, a and toss I thought, and spoon. oh, see, that's my nightmare because I wore a light sweater. Now listen, yes. uh, when I find clothes that fit, I it's a big deal. Yeah, and I like that thing. Yes. I don't want to have it ruined by some kind of uh, catsup incident. You know, you know as being someone who will not change out of this rainbow denim suit for the next four, <laughs> well, I have um, a sacred relationship to my clothing. Yeah, and I under, I treat my clothing not as objects but as spirit spiritual items. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're on the same page. Perfect. That is wonderful. And it seems to me like this is the perfect moment out there in the world uh, for an out there, mm-hmm. loud uh, comedy show mm-hmm. hosted by a woman and her talented cohorts uh, tearing down existing power structures. Yes. Uh, that is what Hell Trap Nightmare is about, right? Yes. I mean, in some in some form, yes. some aspect of it. It's, we, it's like a horror freak show. Um, it's a freak show. Yeah. It's <laughs> in, and I, I would say the time is now for that. Yes. Yes. We are living in a hell trap nightmare. We are living in a hell trap nightmare. Why not do it? Um, also, there is so much comedy now. There's literally too much comedy, and there's yes. four thousand Netflix specials. So why not just? <laughs> all right, you you know you saw you know you see the other stuff. Why don't you see a little freak show? Sure. Expand the uh, spectrum. It yes. can contain all of this. Yeah, and you know I get a little in Chicago. Um, it's funny. Um, like there, you know, a, a bunch of people come out to the show. A lot of comedians don't come to the show mm. in Chicago, and I'm like, are you know? And I get a little upset because I'm like, I know people don't comedians don't like having other comedians at their shows because like comedians don't really laugh at comedy and they're not great audience members because they're usually judgy and like crossing their arms. Yes, but um, yeah, I'm like, aren't we trying to expand and challenge ourselves a little bit? Whatever. I don't know why I'm... Com- it's 10 in the morning, so I'm complaining for some reason. <laughs> That's right. The deep night hour. Yes. Often <laughs> deep leads night the, hour. leads the mind to wander mm-hmm. uh, when it is this early. But do you feel that responsibility to uh, sort of hold that end up of uh, uh, a challenging place? Yes. I want Helltrap to be challenging, but, you know, I don't think I'm doing any, like, we're like, oh, I'm doing something really important, and it's I'm a martyr and a saint. But I want the material to be the 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 subject to be t- challenging. But it's comedy, and they're jokes, so they're. 
funny and accessible. So the 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 form is accessible because it's comedy and and there's sketches, but the substance is challenging. So you have an access to the challenging material because you're laughing and like connecting right. to it. Right. So that's just all I want to do. And Hell Trap is a monthly show that you do? or Hell Trap is monthly at, in Chicago at the Hideout, and then okay. we travel around with it. Yeah. So we're going to be at Babies All Right on 420. Whoa. Next month, yeah, 420. Earth, Earth Day. Earth so Day. That's why you're saying that. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. it Earth is Earth Day. Earth Day, man. Yeah. It's grass day, man. Yeah. 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 Yep. Imagine and, all the people. <laughs> So, uh, as I understand it, going back a little bit, mm-hmm. you have a maybe traditional or not so traditional, I don't know, mm-hmm. uh, Jewish upbringing out there in Long mm-hmm. Island. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, then you went to Northwestern to study mm-hmm. what? What was the plan there? Um, I knew that I liked comedy, um, but I didn't know what I was doing. So I just was like, oh, I'll do theater. And then I hated that. So then I did art history. And then I was like, oh, I really hate this. I slept through a lot of art history lectures. <sighs> I just, I mean, it's cool to like. <laughs> Yeah, it's like his studying history is like the only thing that's important. And then so I was like, I'll just do art history because I don't want to read a bunch. I like to look at pictures, yeah. you know. Um, so yeah, but oh god. And then I was Northwestern's very comedy careerist. Uh, it's got mm-hmm. a very like, um, like a lot of like undergrads going to Northwestern do like internships at Conan during the spring and like you know all oh, that. Seth Myers is a Northwestern guy, right? Yeah, and it's yeah. a lot of that. Uh-huh. It's very like comedy career type A rich kids. Did you know go- that going into it? I knew that going into it, and then as soon as I was there, I had trouble with it. Uh-huh. I thought I would, I was like, oh, all these people are interested in comedy. And then I was like, oh, all these people are interested in like climbing their way up through internships at Funny or Die and then immediately moving to New York or LA after graduation without ever exploring the Chicago comedies. You know, it was just, and so college was me being like, oh my God. And then I graduated college and then moved in like into Chicago proper. And then I I was let loose basically. (laughs) I shouldn't have went to school. It was a prison of my mind. And um, then I got let loose onto Chicago and Chicago is the best. And that's where I found myself. (laughs) Ha ha. Uh, but uh, was part of the draw of Northwestern Chicago because of the comedy yes. bit. So already there was an impulse to mm-hmm. follow comedy. Yeah, so I, I knew that Second City and I.O. were there, but I didn't really, you know, I, well, you know how, how old are you when you graduate high school? Not like, old enough. It's just, yeah, so yeah. I'm like, oh, there's comedy there. And I just wanted to get away from Long Island, basically. Yes, um, I've had was, that impulse. Oh, of course. <laughs> of literally, I literally wanted to get as far away as long from Long Island, Long Island as I could, but my parents wouldn't let me go to school in California. Yeah, um, understandably. Um, what's the What's the uh, college that's out there? Long Island University is that what it is? Yes, Way there is there? a CW Post Long Island. Yeah, maybe they have some kind of campus out uh, like Watermill, uh, Montauk, somewhere out there, Something East like Hampton. That. There. I had to stay there for a summer, and I uh, no hot water, and almost like a prison uh, dorm was oh, kind of the perfect. feeling. Perfect. Wait, yeah. why were you there? Oh, I was doing a little work out there with a, a performance guy, mm. and uh, they put people up at the university. And I got very ill. Yes. I got so nervous. Yeah. And then I was in like the most horrible environment. I would say that Long Island is a prison island. <laughs> oh, what is it? Penal colony. A penal, penal colony. colony. That's yeah, like yeah, Australia. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Long Island is like Australia in that it's, <laughs> it's a penal our, colony. It's our Australia. Well, I, I 
am always I, I'm stunned, quite honestly, about the even the concept of a corporate comedy ladder. Yes. Because that is so alien yes. to my experience, which is just like you kind of fumble through. <laughs> right. Oh, I guess I'm in a sketch group now. Right. What, what does that mean? I And I thought I was under the impression that college was like that. You know, it, you're like, oh, liberal arts college, bohemian. Like we're all like doing acid and like fucking around. But Northwestern is very pre-professional. Oh, I see. Type A, kids in Canada. Canada gooses and like parents had a lot of money and like just very careerist and people trying to find their comedic voices through rules like being like well I have to have a pilot by this time and I have to have an internship but you know in this year you know it was just yeah and then no exploration of the Chicago comedy scene at all yeah which is like astounding to me um yeah, and it's because it's that New York, L.A. supremacist mindset that a lot of those like careerist type A's have, and so Chicago was kind of ignored. And I th- and I think that's why I wasn't really able to fully find myself in college. But it's really weird, and it's I mean, com- let's comedy is an art form or whatever. You're not gonna f- discover your creative voice or expression by through a mindset of like capitalism you know right something that is pretty alien to uh, right or at least a divorce from the essential premise i think of pursuing comedy right in that you don't go in it for the money exactly so to then latch it to that which is terrible in every field I right think. Um, it- and it's so maybe weird. some of the uh, having a structure to it would be helpful. Right. And I look back at my own thing and think, oh, I could have been more intentional about how I went about certain things. Right. But I, I you know, I came to UCB late, and mm-hmm. I felt like, oh, maybe I'll do this. But uh, it was a mismatch for me because yes. at that point I knew how to use my instrument, right. as one would say, uh, because I know what's funny. I know how to do funny. Yeah. So then what, I'm going to shell out a lot of money to learn some way that's going to be the path to make me funny. Uh, it didn't work. It didn't I, work yeah, I did that whole I.O. thing in Chicago because that's uh, the Chicago comedy scene is amazing, but improv is huge there. And a lot of the improv is structured around like Second City and I.O. And it took me like a full two years to real like be first like why am i paying to find to be absorbed into a, a point of view that isn't mine it's just that's not how you figure <laughs> right. out how to be a comedian right and i don't want to lash ucb too closely to like corporate comedy but uh, just in that it's a very structured path and i think some people that are drawn to that come from that more structured world who are not right. funny at all, and then you have that kind of mix, and I don't know, it just it wasn't for me. It is part of it is the corporate machine because they are making money off of you, and then people have those expectations of like what career that track would produce. You know, yes. what I mean? it, yeah. they see it as like a meat factory of just like right. putting shit in, getting shit out. You know, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, if it works for some people, it works, but I don't really understand it. Right, and uh, maybe you and I are more interested in the fringe uh, things that are happening where there's more uh, experimentation, more uh, artistic influence, that kind of a thing. Back to that Canada goose jacket, though. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does really, that's just jackets everybody has with a patch on it and the fur, right? $1,200. For a jacket. Uh, Is everybody really spending that much money on these coats? Yes. I I feel like some of them have to be knockoffs. 
There can't be that yeah, many of those that's true. things. I don't even looked at the patch, but I saw one the other day. I said, that doesn't even say goose on it. Isn't it supposed to say goose on the I side? I think they're like a red blank circle. Don't they? I mean, they're like a red circle with like a white. Well, it's clearly beyond us. <laughs> it's My mom this year for Hanukkah was like, was like, oh, I'm going to get you because, you know, Chicago's obviously cold and I've had the same jacket for like six years. My mom was like, maybe I'll get you a new jacket. So I was like researching jackets. Yes. <laughs> and then I was just curious. Right. So I looked it up and I was fully traumatized. It, it makes a, it definitely inspires some judgment. <laughs> yes. And it makes me read. I went through my mind. Everyone I knew who definitely had one in college. And I was like, oh. <gasps> Yo. Wow. You spent a lot on that. Or yeah. a lot of uh Your you know, Hanukkah money. gifts mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. People don't maybe they don't know their children very well. That's true. And they think, oh, I don't Just know, jacket. Money. Yeah, Just yeah, give yeah, them a yeah. jacket. For sure. <laughs> so keep them quiet. Well, I know that my first real training in comedy is I was thinking about it because I was thinking about this conversation and it's spe- specifically improv mm-hmm. um was a seasonal job that I had mm-hmm. uh, as a talking bear in the mall. You know, I had a robotic uh, bear, and uh, I could control its eyes and mouth, or eyes and head, and its mouth was voice activated. And I would do seven-hour shifts. I did that job for four years. I love that. And that's how you you did it. You just learned it. And I was doing a character, so, and uh, (laughs) speaking into a microphone, so. But, uh, I mean, it was real. That was on the ground training for how to think quickly and to be funny and all that kind of thing. And um, you're put you're put in spaces with people who aren't going to instantly affirm what you're doing. Yeah, no. <laughs> you're actually being tested out in nature. Yes. 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 And there's no uh, for me there was no relief because I was trying to maintain the magic of that bear mm-hmm. character, so I wouldn't get up. Right. Some of the other people that had that job, they'd just leave. Right. And people would see you leaving the box and say, "Oh, that's how it works." I had to maintain the magic the whole time. Right, right, right. Do you have any experiences like that where you, maybe you just had a funny family or you had a an HBO special that really locked on and you thought, oh, okay, uh, or some other experience where you were put out there? Where I was put out there and forced to kind of test your yeah. improv metal early that wasn't within a structured environment. I get a lot of bizarre gigs because, like, I don't really have a job, so I'm just like going from like I'm just hustling around. So I get yeah. hired to do like random shit. Like I'll do like, you, can you host this auction for like literally three hours? And so I'm like, oh, talking really fast for three hours and just like to a bunch of it was like a bunch of rich yuppies, uh, like young yuppies at this like auction for like really fancy shit in a fancy hotel downtown it's like not an audience that i can't had figured out beforehand and then i had three hours to talk at them and um figure out like how to work with an audience like that and like it i love shit like that and then get paid like maybe a hundred dollars (laughs) and Okay, right. on That's to right. the next whatever random, yeah. Yeah, I just did a gig at a hotel uh, for some just whoever shows up. Right. And uh, two shows a night, 7, 30, and 10. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's an hour-long show. It ends up being about that variety mm-hmm. show. So, you know, in between the acts is fine. And then the owner of the hotel was at one of the things. He said, how can we monetize your, your act? I was like, I don't know. Great question. Thing I've been <laughs> I've trying had to figure that out. Yep. <laughs> you tell me. Oh, yeah. He was saying, well, maybe you could come to the, some of the corporate gigs and host. 
you know, they do the conferences. I, thought, well, I would love to do corporate right? gigs. Wouldn't you? I love that so much. <laughs> I love getting paid. I love challenging audiences. That seems like it would be a great audience for you. But, oh, perfect. I'll go up at the Laugh Factory a bunch in Chicago, oh. and it's like... <laughs> I mean, you can imagine. I mean, it's a it's a lot of just like comedians getting up there being like, "My wife's a bitch," and then you're and then everyone goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a great challenge to be like, "How can I make you guys laugh?" Because I really need your affirmation. Because <laughs> right. in addition to the more uh, performance mm-hmm. um, things, let's say maybe they bleed into performance art kind mm-hmm. of a world, maybe with Helltrap, you also do this the stand up, which is very yeah. funny, and that's what I saw. Uh, the other night um but let's talk about the visual quality of Mm -hmm. your show and talk about the suit that you're wearing that Mm -hmm. kind of thing but what's uh behind the choice to be so uh to have the visual element be so amplified um so i love performing and i love doing stand-up comedy um but i also i'm an illustrator and i guess i'm an artist um yeah embrace it yes because you do all the flyers and all the yes uh, visual Mm -hmm. uh ephemera that goes along with the show in addition to i imagine the sets and all that kind yeah. of stuff yeah and a lot of uh like you saw i do a lot of video art so i'll be yes. doing a lot of and all my video art it incorporates a lot of um striking visual um moments and props and i do like i paint a lot of enormous buttholes that i pull sausage links out of and I make paper mache tombstones with boobs on them and plant them in a graveyard and dig a hole you know because right. um, especially with health tra- like uh, me Mitra and Jamie went on this tour where we did our own thing so I did some video performances as well um, but with hell and, and I've made those video performances for hell trap because I want Helltrap Nightmare to feel like you're entering a very specific world. So all the posters and the costumes that I also paint and the props and the videos, you're leaving planet Earth and going to like a Pee-wee's Playhouse gore horror right, Technicolor little... Dream Nightmare. <laughs> there's a little, uh, uh, there's some oozing and dripping oozing in the fonts, dripping, a little yes. like rat fink kind of influence yes, in there. Yes, yes. Um, uh, intestines. A lot of intestines. A lot of rat fink, uh, very inspired by rat fink's bulging, veiny eyes. There's yes. a lot of that in my stuff, too. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yes. Um, well, uh, I can't help but impose my own thoughts on some yes. of that stuff because there's also a strain, and I don't know how connected you are to it, uh, of profoundly weird artwork in Chicago. Yes. Uh, so you Chicago link it back images. to the, the Harry Who and yeah. all that. And um, as I was thinking, you also have sort of, uh, and Henry Dar- Darger, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. or Darger, depending on which side of, I don't know what you're on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but I've never got the... Uh, I say bar. Right, right. Which do you say? I, I think I say Darger. Darger. Okay. Uh, notorious sort of... Um, Pervert. Weird pervert, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, kind of, yeah. Hobo pervert. Uh, and uh, well, as comic artists like Dan Klaus, who started there, and Chris Ware, mm-hmm. this sort of uh, hellishly lonely yes. <laughs> experience. Yes. Okay. So uh, you are connected to that. I mean, I imagine that Chicago, you spend a lot of time with your body. Yes. <laughs> and there's a lot of loneliness that yes. happens there. Chicago is an incredible place for art. There's all the Chicago underground comics community is there, and they're like the, literally the most incredible artists. I've actually I've never made a comic. I've tried to make comics because 
you know, I'm inspired by all of that, all of those artists, but I literally cannot sit at a desk and draw the same things over and over and over again because I have no patience. Yeah. And it is profoundly lonely. Um, the experience of doing it is lonely yes. in addition to just living uh, in at, an isolated in tundra. A place. Yes. <laughs> and there are some weird bodies there with all the sausages. All the sausages. Yeah, everyone's a Chicago hot you get dog. Some, some doughy, pasty, uh, roly poly things. That's happening. a lot of Midwest. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, so why not rip that open and see what's inside? Yeah, and it's such, and Chicago is such a great place to do that because that's where the real freaks live. Like, you know, because there's a conception that there's like weirdos in New York. There's a million people. There's a billion people here with a billion stories, and they're all on the train together. But it's like they're all, they've, they've, you, most of them have money and so like you go to the midwest where people don't have money and are actually living in like punk houses and and you know making shit with their you know dumpster hands and whatever <laughs> and there's real freaks out there yeah even in the music i think i was listening to some chicago blues mm. and that kind of thing there's a really weird like funky uh thing that happened a little guitar strum that's like what uh, <laughs> yeah, well, Hell Trap started as like a music out of the music scene there because I had been I love uh, I had been going to all the 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 Chicago noise scene is really big and so I was going to all these shows and being like, hmm, sort of interesting that all these freak noise artists are basically the same thing as stand ups like they're usually performing alone they're usually like in crisis so I was just like, what if we just smash those two together and Hell Trap is now less we you know we'll ha- we always have a feature band so sometimes it's noise music some sometimes it's just freak rock sometimes it's punk sometimes it's metal but it's sort it started out of that wanting to meld the two worlds of like the freaky music and the freaky comedy were you drawn to that music anyway yeah so i had been going to all these noise shows like throughout college and then after college because the the diy scene in chicago is like incredible there isn't really a diy scene anywhere else like it because here it's too expensive to have a basement and a venue and right. you know there and, and it's uh, and so in Chicago, it's like huge and supportive and all the weirdos are in, you know, basements together. And I was and then I started doing stand up at those shows. Um, so that's and it's a, that was noise is a lot. It's sort of inspiration for a lot of my jokes because like all my jokes are loud and I repeat the same thing over and over again. It's basically <laughs> I want it to sound like a noise piece. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's I started doing stand up sort of in those contexts and then brought that to normal stand-up shows and then kind of, you know, figured my way out of there. Right. Well, it works really well. I mean, oh, and, thank God. <laughs> so I, I saw, um, um, uh, there was a comedian, uh, who's, uh, she's amazing. And I like literally look up to her, her and I worship her in New York. And I saw, she saw me in Chicago and then I saw her in New York like two years ago. And she was like, you're that comedian who does that, What's that joke that you do where you repeat the same thing over and over again? And I was like, oh, the um, the boobs joke. She's like, no, not that one. And I was like, oh, the New York joke. She's like, no, not that. And then I w- embarrassed <laughs> myself in front of a million people by just being like, was it? And then I was like, it's all my jokes. And everyone was like, yeah, it was embarrassing. <laughs> but it uh, it is musical. Yes. And I didn't think about that watching it, but mm-hmm. there is a, a it it plays on you in a very nice way mm-hmm. uh, in that 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 there's that re- repetition mm-hmm. and it keeps going and you're thinking about it as well and then it's the sound of people talking and then it becomes kind of nonsense yeah. and it dissolves into noise and then you bring it back and kind of 
hits yeah. you with a little bit of a point at the end. Yeah. Now, uh, one of the things that I've been very interested in, in fact, I, I, I thought you did it better than I've ever done it, but uh, is incorporating guided meditations yes. into <laughs> into your uh, show. And I've done a few of those on the air where we it's, it's me walking through a place, uh-huh. you know, and it, my voice is very relaxing as yeah. we go along and just listening to all the things that I encounter. And uh, you had a kind of different spin on that, and I thought it was just uh, uh, wonderful. It's funny, like... Uh... I'm learning more and more that like every comedian that I like has like made a guided meditation at one point. <laughs> we should do an album. We should do an album. Or at I'm least su- a oh, list. I've su- I was supposed to come out with an album. For, that's that's what that was from. Uh-huh. And I was just like, oh, God, if there's a comedy album. <laughs> well, I would love to do a guided meditation uh, <sighs> compendium. Yes. If you want to do a few, that would be gra- you let me know. You know, it's funny a lot. Um, right, I noticed that right after Trump got a lot, I wrote mine right after Trump. Trump because yes. I was stressed, and so, that's when a lot of people like whip those out because <laughs> yeah. everyone There's was really stressed. Self care right now is very big. It's huge, and especially among the DIY uh, yes. community, I think too, because we're all like, "How do we get through this?" And uh, what are we going to do? And my also, okay, if you tell me, I'll sit in a room and mm-hmm. listen to things, as well as the rise of podcasts and different right. outlets for that kind of thing. Um, do, do you have any other of those kind of spiritual practice things that you put into place? Um, that's, uh, oh, you mean like actually listening to guided meditations and stuff like that? Yeah. Do you do that? Um, I wrote that because I like, I like can't find a therapist that I like. So I'm always like doing, I'm like slap job, like, oh, instead of going to therapy, I'll just join Planet Fitness for $10 or like, (laughs) oh, instead of going to therapy, I'll listen to YouTube meditations. And I like... And I thought I tried meditating to cure me, and I just thought that every guided meditation thing I listened to on YouTube was literally the most insane thing I'd ever listened to. <laughs> so, like all those words that I was saying, like imagine you were a bee, you hear the ocean yeah. waves crashing on the shore. I literally st- stole that from someone I was listening to. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, it gets pretty. Uh, I think the sincerity with which it's approached yes. also is uh, amusing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> because it's, yes. Uh, some people might think it's nonsense. A hundred percent. And some of it is divorced of meaning entirely. Um, and uh, you, when you do the hell trap, you're in a kind of slim, good body yes. uh, outfit, leotard. Mm-hmm. You see, now, uh, that guy freaked, I think, all of us out as kids. Mm-hmm. And what is maybe a great underreported story is how many unitards and leotards there were in uh, the 70s and 80s. Yes. Uh, specifically, uh, my growing up, I mean, thank goodness rap and hip-hop came along because right. there's okay clothes. <laughs> but every, it was all, you know, movement in an empty space. Right. With leotards, different colored leotards. Right. Merce Cunningham, all that kind of stuff. Right. I mean, gosh, very very little left to the imagination. Right. But exactly. uh, your thing has body parts and things yeah, on it. Yeah, besides very little left to the imagination because it's a unitard, it's also painted with blood and guts on it. <laughs> right. As as it should. Right. <laughs> well, I talk to a lot of uh, comedians who have a kind of theatrical bent mm-hmm. to their work. It's kind of what I like. Um, do you connect it to the tradition of performance art and that kind of thing? Because certainly there are great um, uh, women artists specifically that have uh, done similar things, playing with the body, mm-hmm. pulling things out of the body, Carolee Schneeman. The uh, vaginal scroll. Oh, yes, if you will. <laughs> yes, and she did. Yeah. Um, and 
Good, good for her. Yes. Uh, Padalesco even has some. Uh, do you know her work? No. Mm, you have a thing that has maybe a lot of uh, phallus yes, things yes, on it. Yes, yes, uh, She would do big costumes with maybe lots of gloves or a big hat. Or it's a very soft sculpture that she wore. And I don't know what the political message always was, but it was right. kind of a spectacle kind of a thing. But even like Lily Tomlin mm-hmm. uh, also has a kind of heightened visual sense, at least because she was presenting, I think, on television a lot. Right. Um, are those – you're actively mining that kind of stuff? You know, it's fine. I like – I so divorce my brain from what I do from performance art because I'm always like, I'm not serious. I'm having fun. It's just comedy. I'm not taking myself too seriously. And then you literally say correlation even. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. I probably 100% in the back because, you know, I've studied her. And I'm like, yeah, for sure I probably drew a lot of – shit from that Mm -hmm. because it's funny because like i have a background in art history but it was so serious and boring that i just like got angry and so everything i do is a reaction to you know something (laughs) and so i'm i have literally seen like every comedy special in the world and so i always say that my inspirations are like some like random comedy shit but it's like oh yeah like obviously i'm drawing from carolish neiman (laughs) a lot of meat stuff too a lot of meat stuff there's a lot of that uh out there but um now the body stuff uh the gross stuff the squishy stuff bodies are gross bodies are gross i 100 percent agree we we agree on that what do you think is the grossest part of the body Huh. Or grossest body part. I I don't know if this is like really cliche, but I think the butthole is very interesting. Mm. I do a lot of interesting. Let's you know demystify the butthole. What's going on in the butthole? Sort yeah. of stuff. Um, I just did this. That my newest hell trap piece that maybe I'll do next month is like um, it's a presentation on life hacks but they're called death hacks and it's how to get hotter while also shaving years off of your life so like are you willing to like do stuff that makes you hotter but also kills you and one of them is like your butthole is gross it's not hot so seal it up with plastic and so i did this like with all these puppets of like sealing a butthole up with plastic and then um because your the shit is building up inside of you, it explodes out of your eyes. Oh sure. So then, of course, I you know did a I had a mask with tubes. <laughs> yep. and it explodes. You know, classic. Yep. So yep. yeah, classic crowd pleaser. Classic crowd. A cla- <laughs> Bring that to the laugh factory. That'll a slam dunk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it is gross. Yep. <laughs> and not in a judgmental way. It's just like I I always think of it of these things like with. Gross. I think of gross in like how I can make it as like a a video, like so. I'm buttholes are fun for me to make because I get I can like liquid latex, paper towels in a in a spiral hole, and then put a tube through it and like shoot chili and chocolate out of it. Sure. And so that yeah. I'm like I know how to make the butthole look gross on a video, so that's like why it's gross to me. You know. Sounds like you also were intrigued by portals. I love, yes, portals, yes, 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 yes. Uh Genitalia. I'm a little, a lot of my stuff is very one note. It's very, like, preoccupied with genitalia. and But it's just, it's funny because I love gore because it's like things on the outside are, things on the inside are now on the outside and now everyone's scared. But that's, like, also genitalia. It's like things that are supposed to be hidden are now not hidden. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, well... 
That's also why I didn't go into the medical profession. Yes. Because I, I get a little, I get too queasy, I think. I, I get queasy from when it's real, but like, yeah. I don't think what I do is like that gross. It's clay and juice and stuff. Well, yeah, I guess well, if you gross. know, if you know that, if you're watching it, you might not think, oh, chili. Yes. I mean, <laughs> yes. That, you know what I mean? Usually it is fake. And then this last thing that I did, I use actual veal brains and actual, and so I was like, oh, mm. this is actually crazy. Yeah, you, you actually crossed over. Yeah. Well, it's good to know. We have to explore. Yeah. We have to figure out what works, what isn't. Um, and uh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about that. Um, uh, do, do you do a body work yourself? You said you kind of take uh, classes here and there and uh, maybe go to the gym for 10 bucks or that, but have you ever done any of that kind of like uh, grounding work in your body, Reiki, that kind of thing? I was a theater major, so it's like you do you, a little bit of yeah. that. Um, there is a lot of that in there, I think. Yes. A lot of uh, now feel the earth supporting your yes. feet below you. Yes. And, uh, stand up straight and tall like a pine tree. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like Breathe all in for eight seconds, out for four. Sun salutations, oh, like yes. all that shit. Um, and I am a physical performer, so I definitely think that helps. Um, and I started going to the gym. I mean, I'm not like athletic. I don't like working out. I'm not that athletic. But I do like feeling control, control of my body. Like, I don't. I stopped basically drinking and drugs because I'm like always on a stage in front of people moving around and I want to feel completely in control. And also, I get stage fright and I get very nervous. And so that's a very out of body, out of control feeling, but I like feeling like completely in control. Yeah. I I don't eat well and I don't drink water and I don't sleep, <laughs> but I do other things to make sure I'm in control of my body. <laughs> well, that's good. Um uh, how much longer is the tour? Are you winding it up? We finished. So, so we you... did they came to Chicago, we did a sh- a Chicago show. And then we went to Columbus, and then we went to Philly, and then here, and then. Now I'm just in New York hanging out for a while. Well, do you think that the show that you do with Hell Trap, I mean, we say that uh, Netflix, Netflix, <laughs> <laughs> Netflix has expanded so much with all yeah. the specials. Is the is the show even possible to develop as a television program? I would love that. I Well, I think it would look like Pee-wee's Playhouse. I would just rip yeah. off Pee-wee's Playhouse fully, 100%. I <laughs> just need Gary Panter in there yeah. to help you. Yeah. I mean, would he be fine with that? We don't know. Um, well, if he was just have him, him come on I'll pay him he's if he if he's things. listening to me <laughs> yeah, he's in probably. a band right now isn't he yeah, he's Is like, he? yeah sure Gary Pantry if you're listening please pay let's collab <laughs> I think it would be great especially if they can run something like real time with Bill Maher yeah. that's pretty gross Oh, yeah. It's, I find it's that repulsive. Yeah, exactly. Ah, you can put your thing on there. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying your thing is repulsive. I'm saying it would be enjoyable. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the point. It's like, <laughs> oh, you've been telling me that, like, my female body is gross this whole time. Well, I'm going to really make it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's really go down there. Mm. Uh, so, uh, and you're going to be doing some shows. And April 30th is the next time that it, you're, April 20th. Yeah, sorry. 420. 420. 420. I know, you see, I'm, I don't uh, I don't always celebrate Earth, Earth Day. Day. <laughs> no. <laughs> got to get my inflatable giant ball and toss it around. Exactly. <laughs> Did you ever do that as a kid? Um. Yeah, on Earth Day, totally. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. get a big yeah, ball, yeah. put it on maybe a parachute yeah, or exactly. something. All the kids out in the yard. It sounds great. Um, and uh, people can find you online. And all. Sarah Squirm is the alias. Yes, Sarah right. Squirm is the alias. Uh, but you perform as her under that name. <sighs> yeah, Sometimes. I'm sort of uh, kind of figuring that out. Uh, I'm definitely Sarah Squirm in Helltrap. Okay. Yeah. She is the host of Helltrap. She is the host of Helltrap. Uh, rightfully so. Yeah. 
still trying people just assume that's my name at this point so i'm like yeah okay whatever like i i will figure it out i know alter egos are confusing uh-huh uh but uh what's not confusing is that uh you're on a great path and you're doing wonderful I things i needed to hear it so bad <laughs> and uh, i hope you have a wonderful time in new york thank you and uh, then back in chicago and we'll look for you in all things thank you so much sarah for being thanks here thanks for having me Well, sometimes yucky things are fun. I so enjoyed that conversation with Sarah. Please see her show when she brings it to New York City on 420 Helltrap Nightmare. We put links up on the website there on the deepnightshow.com. And hey, we're happy to announce. Hey, we're happy to announce. I don't say hey a lot, do I? Uh, uh, We are happy to announce, and by we, I mean me. Uh, me am happy to announce that we're now featured on the new comedy podcast app, Laughable. So download that, check it out. So many platforms, just so many platforms. I love being on all the platforms, you know that. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, now that was formerly known as iTunes. Now they want me to call it Apple Podcasts. Anyhow, if you're listening on that there, on that platform, please leave the show a rating or review. It does mean the world to me. It truly does. It's always nice to see that. Now, lucky numbers this week are 39, 103, uh, which corresponds to the amount of needles I had stuck into my person at my first acupuncture appointment, the percentage I have to believe in these herbs for them to work, and the number of full-size coconut cream eggs I intend to eat this Easter. Personalized reading goes out to Molly Brandish in Lake Okafone, Georgia. Molly. It's just a great challenge to be like, how can I make you guys laugh? Because I really need your affirmation. (laughs) And there we go. Thank you so much for listening. And remember that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night is brought to you by the Guana Souvenir Shop in Brooklyn and McGinty Salt Lamp Emporium and Discount Flooring in Bay Ridge. Simply the best for a good night's rest. Two things a body needs, a floor and some salt. McGinty's. Deep Night Season 10 podcast icon by Kelsey Roten. Season 10 theme by Zach Gabbard. Music throughout the show by the talented roster at Howler Hills Farm. And a few weird things at the top of the show that I just download for cash from the internet. Venue support provided by the Slipper Room in New York City and recording studio services provided by Harvest Works in Soho. Thanks to all of my guests, Deep Night is independently produced and performed by James Bewley. Thank you for listening, and please consider rating and reviewing the show on whatever podcasting forum you're participating in, but especially on Apple Podcasts, which does a great deal toward making Dale feel great, that's me, when he gets up, or is it, when he gets up in the morning for his son's salutations. Are you the best? You are. Close the portal. <laughs>